0: to how to win the lottery season three author interview megan boyle of live Blog. hello megan
1: hey joey hey and somebody welcome, else welcome, welcome. Too, right? yeah somebody else yeah sorry. somebody
2: else I, here i unlike uh it's interesting because you and i have opposite internet personas where i try to remain as anonymous
0: as possible
1: <laughs> well i'm i'm with you there now <laughs>
0: Yeah, his name is Bob, but we, we don't go any further than that, even though if you listen back at all, like you'll be able to know a lot of things about him. Yeah, but
2: this is not something that we should you we we don't want to encourage the breadcrumb
0: <laughs> trail. No breadcrumb. All right.
2: It's not an interview about me. Let's let's uh
0: Oh that'll be really good, Megan. You wanna just interview Bob? We could just ask him questions oh, about this book. God.
2: Oh, sure. Yeah. Cool. All right, go ahead. What's the first question? Let's Bob, do
0: what this. do you what made you what inspired you to write live blog, Bob?
2: Oh oh I'm the I'm the author here? I don't know. No. Um we something that we talked about was how uh um like what you've written here i i think is like unique in uh in, in in that if i had written this and 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 exposed this much of myself to the world i would be um more scared of the internet like i i think i think what you did was incredibly brave and it feels like you didn't get that much blowback it, 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 or at least we don't feel that when when we read it that you, there's not like that much hate came your way. I feel like because you dox yourself so thoroughly, um, <laughs> like now it would be maybe more dangerous or something like that than it was in 2013. I don't know if that's true. How do you feel about that?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely when I wrote it, I I didn't really think about anything like, well, yeah, just what you said. I, I kind of self-doxed, I guess. I had a pretty low opinion of myself, and I think it would be exciting <laughs> to read something like that today, I suppose from, from somebody, I agree, there is a different kind of climate in the world, but also my thoughts on like what I did and like why I did it have really changed a lot over the years. Like, I don't think I was, uh, I did this for the most like stability promoting <laughs> reasons.
2: Um, that, that's interesting. Cause it does, it fe- it like it starts out like stability does seem to be the goal at the beginning at least, right? It's like this idea of holding yourself accountable through recording your actions. So like when when you say you didn't do it for the most stability-promoting reasons, um, it seems counter to the original goal, right?
1: For sure, yeah. Um, Yeah, that's a good observation. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think I had, you know, the best intentions, but that doesn't always, uh, like intentions don't really... Like, it takes more than that. You know, your actions also have to follow. And I, the place where I was in when I started it, I just, like, I had a lot of holes in my awareness. Even though it seems like it's this document of this person who's, like, maybe really self-aware and, like, at least saying mm-hmm. a lot of what she's doing and seems to know who she is. Like, there was a lot that I just didn't see. Namely, the fact, kind of what you said, like, like you or anybody probably wouldn't think to do this, like, to put, like, all this stuff online like there's something kind of I don't know <laughs> I was really lonely but I I had I had some issues too I suppose Well I think
2: that that's interesting cuz like I think since you did this in in 2013 I mean it was published in 2018 but you, you wrote it in in 2013 since you did this I think like an entire market of autofiction and I don't know when those Karl no Ove guard books started coming out but like there is this boom in this like meticulous uh uh, recounting of of one's life uh but that's different from yours because that's like written in a novelistic way reflecting on childhood and this is like in the moment description of of that stuff that feels like a lot more internetty or or like uh uh online native kind of kind of ideas do you read those books the the more like uh I don't know if it's auto fiction, a word that people like cringe against the way they do something like alt lit or, or like, do you, do you read that sort of stuff and does it, uh, do anything to you emotionally?
1: <laughs> um, it, it's funny. Yeah. It's a, it's a slight cringe word. I think just cause it's so like hyper exposed now, although mm-hmm. like, it's just fine to call a thing, something like if something needs a name, let's just give it a name and use it to talk about it too. So
0: it definitely makes things easier. Yeah, because I mean, it, it doesn't have a negative connotation unless you like ascribe one to it, right? Or I guess it, maybe if it gets played out, maybe maybe that's a dumb thing to say. Maybe can, <laughs> the world can the world can ruin a lot of things.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think like I start to only get the cringe thing when something becomes like trendy or something. Just because mm. like deep seated since I was a kid, I was always like trendy stuff is dumb, <laughs> and like oh wow crap, I'm actually like doing something trendy shit. I didn't mean that, (laughs) but uh, to answer your question, though, um, I mean, I certainly did, I think, come up reading things that could be called autofiction, like uh, Ben Lerner, I I liked him, uh, and Tao Lin, of course, kind of all those like uh, internet-y, underground-ish autofiction writers, and um, I've, I like Sheila Hetty, too. I, I came to read her later. I started to read my struggle right around when I started editing Live Blog, and I just like it. <laughs> I couldn't do it, but I've actually been curious about it. Like, like what would it be like if I I started again? Uh, I I think there's some some merit to that stuff, sure, and it does move me. Like you asked about, like I I, I love reading about the. Inner workings of other people—it's something Mm -hmm. that's always fascinated me and caused me to feel closer to people. Mostly, like in the olden days, I I try to (laughs) take that with a grain of salt a little bit now. But what do you mean by the
2: olden days?
1: (laughs) Um, I you know, I was pretty depressed in the olden days, (laughs) and I didn't really think that I could form like meaningful human relationships. Uh, like I, I was really anxious, and I still have anxiety, sure. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Like I, I used to really look at reading as a way that I could know other people, but now I'm like, I think especially after writing this book, I was like, that's like not even the half of it. <laughs> like the stuff you write down, that's like, it's just like a tiny speck of what a person is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I
0: think something that's that was fascinating to me in the knowing of people sort of way is that, and we talked about this in the episode that we just recorded that will come out in a couple weeks before this interview. But I was like largely like the background for this podcast and for like my weird way of saying relationship to books question mark is that like I wasn't reading as much as I wanted to and then Bob I was like because he you know teaches literature and no just reads a ton I was like can you just give me things to read that you think I might like and so he put together like a whole list of books and authors and stuff like that and it kind of introduced me to this world sort of slowly like I read Richard Yates and I read some like the the Tao book Richard Yates not Mm -hmm. Richard Yates the author which I know is maybe confusing but (laughs) I still can't whatever anyway the one with Haley Joel Osment in it um but I slowly like as we've done the podcast and read other things I've started reading um you know other books by people in this scene and then we you know the most recent thing that we read was your book and it just fascinates me that like the the sort of the building and the shaping of this world and i was sort of joking that like this book kind of feels like an avengers like where it's like all the different people that you know from other things popping up in their story and it just fascinates like the the inside look at a scene that like people might not know about but if you have done the work leading up to it it just becomes this like you, you know the characters in a way that you otherwise might not. And I think it's just an interesting way to like explore that kind of dynamic.
1: Oh, whoa. That's that's interesting to hear. Yeah, I've, I've wondered, like I've tried to picture what it would be like to read if you didn't have any like knowledge of the people that I, I just kind of like refer to people without any like background information, just like for the sake of time as I was doing it. Uh, but I could see how it, it could kind of be like that like kind of maybe cool a cool little uh <laughs> you know and i think
0: i think I, I, don't, I don't know that you necessarily need to like i don't think like i think if this is the first book like if you don't know any of the people in this story i don't think you're like any worse for wear or whatever like at the end when you're talking about jordan i had texted bob and i was like is that jordan because we just did the novelist oh, yeah. and then like literally the next paragraph is like and jordan castor i was like all oh, right okay I, I could have just like kept reading like ever so slightly <laughs> but like i like having the kind of added i mean it, it was published after this but like knowing the thing that he wrote and, like, it just, it adds some flavor, which I think is kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh.
0: So.
2: (laughs) I think especially because a lot of those books have the same, like, uh, again, using, using the, the buzzword of autofiction, the same, like, autofictive element where it's, like, in, in the Jordan Casher book, you're like, oh, this character is Towlin, and this blah, 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 blah. So you can, like, it's, it's, like, populating this world of, of fiction in a way that, uh, I don't know, you see in, in other others in, in like the the bready and J. ellis and jay any books you have these characters that interact so it feels similar to that sort of uh that sort of thing and in a way that like i don't think has uh i don't know i can't i uh, other than the bready and J. ellis and jay anything, thing i can't think of another world that's kind of like that so i think you've uh and, and your book seems like the culmination of all of this stuff to me even even though maybe other stuff came came out after it if that makes sense at all i don't know
1: yeah, sure, sure. I mean, it it definitely wasn't something intentional. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, that, that's that's something that I, like, when you were writing it, it seems like maybe the, the intention is that this, and, and you mentioned at the end, there's like something like 10 people that you know that care about your writing, but it seems like the audience is like, it's not meant to be a book, right? Or like, eventually it came to that. But so when, when you're writing, does it, how, how much does this change if you're writing it as, like, a, a, a book from the beginning, right?
1: You mean, like, if I'd started it, like, intentionally to, to make this a book?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, man. Um, I feel like if I were doing that, uh, I would have, like, a greater scope of what I wanted to accomplish with it. Like, I, I mm-hmm. didn't – my main goal with live blog was to just, like, feel better. <laughs> um, yeah. And it actually kind of served that function for a while. Like it it would feel good to be doing it. Like it was my purpose (laughs) in life it became. Um, But if I were to do it as a book setting out, I don't know. I don't know if it would like really work in the same way. Like, I mean, it might be a cool book. Like if somebody wants to try doing that.
2: <laughs> oh, like like an adaptation of like someone does a, an adaptation of live blog into a novel? No. Yeah.
1: No. Someone do it. Oh, my God. That's a lot. <laughs> um, no, but like maybe if they like decided like I want to write a book uh, where I'm going to be this character who's like trying to like figure themselves out in the oh there is a booklet empty words kind of is like that by mario levoro i forget how to say his last name i just got this recently um he's like documenting his like handwriting analysis in a way to become like kind of more aware of himself as a person i probably shouldn't talk about it anymore because i got it a while ago
0: (laughs) (laughs) i want to know like at what point in writing this because i think at the end you do like a a cert, like an online survey about like what your readers want from you and it's like do you want more live blog do you want me just to do device articles do you want me to turn this into a book should I do a different book or whatever like while writing this did you was there ever a point where you're like this could become something more or is it just something like like I'm curious at like what point you thought this might transition from being a tumblr blog to something else and then also like what the editing process was like to turn this from what it was into what it is that you can go out and store and buy today.
1: Sure, sure. Um,
0: Which I'm sure is a question you've been asked a million times and I'm so sorry that, you know, no. you have to answer the same thing again for me, but you know. No, no, no. Thank you.
1: It's always different. And I think uh, I'll have a different answer at different points in my life too. And I haven't been asked anything like that in a while. So I think I knew, I forget when, but at some point I, uh, I feel like it was the summer, uh, twenty thirteen. I started to think like maybe I could like turn this into something. I didn't know what, but that didn't really change. I guess my approach in in writing it. I, I just kept doing what I was doing. I think I had kind of like limited capacity. <laughs> like I was using a lot of like RAM uh, in my own mind to write sure. this, and I. Uh, so it was just like a passing thought, and I kept going. Um, then your other question about editing it like that's that's like a long answer (laughs) um but are you are you asking more about like
0: well I'm just like wondering about the process because I think that there's like I didn't read it when you were writing it and so reading it kind of the linear way that it is presented today makes it feel like you just did this every day but then as you're writing like this is me sort of catching up on the past week and you're doing like an entry from like mid-August and late August or whatever. And I think that there is like a difference. So I'm wondering, I guess, like I'm I'm just fascinated by the evolution of like how it was written to how it's produced. But like in terms of just turning it from a Tumblr to an actual book that like this is the final form, I can't go back and re-edit it or whatever. Yeah. Like what was that process like? Were there things that you were like more self-conscious of or happier about or like things that you were worried about or wanted to remove or add or anything like that?
1: yeah yeah uh a lot (laughs) um i think while i was writing it i would often have uh things that i wanted to expand on later um and sometimes i mean i would note that in the book like maybe elaborate on this later i actually edited out a lot of those like will elaborate later things but I I kept (laughs) a good amount (laughs) um and i did end up going into some parts uh i i edited a lot for like readability and um I don't know, like just some things can become repetitive. There were originally pictures in the Tumblr and it was talked about to keep them in, but uh, we decided not to. And so I would maybe just like describe a picture a little bit um, or keep the caption on it. And uh, I edited out about a third of it actually. Wow. wow. Yeah, yeah. Just cause it, some things were like neither here nor there. I. There's not really like a plot to it, but I wanted to just—I don't know—just like as I was going, I was like, "What would keep me going?" Like this part is a little bit mm-hmm. blah. I'll just get rid of it. That, that's broadly what it was like.
2: There was no editing out of like you didn't like brutally murder a man and then you're like I got to cut <laughs> I got to cut that out because I'll go to jail.
1: <laughs> there was that one thing, but uh, <laughs> no. Well, I think that's that's also something that's
0: kind of like fascinating because like Bob had read this before, like when it came out, he read it and not to you know, blow smoke or to, you know, blow up his spot, but this was his favorite book the year it came out. Um, and so he reread it for this podcast and I read it for the first time, but I'm like, there could just be an entry. It's like didn't update was in prison or something, right? Like <laughs> I, I, I don't like, you don't like, I think that's the fascinating of like the real time experience. So like, you know, you said that like, this might not, it might not feel like it's going anywhere, but I think that there's something inherently like fascinating and gripping about like literally not knowing what's going to happen next. Cause it's not like you planned. It's not like you're a novelist leaving breadcrumbs toward like this denouement or whatever fancy word. I wish I didn't say that, but like, you're just, you're just telling your story and like it, your story could be that like something terrible happened and like everything changes. And maybe, you know, live blog wouldn't be a book at that point, but like maybe, I don't know, maybe you're publishing for prison. I don't know. <laughs>
1: um, Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, Sometimes towards the end, I think especially I, well, I, I did become more social. And I just didn't wanna go through all the work of doing that every single time I did something social. I, but there was also an element, uh, I, I became more and more depressed and I was losing the will to write or mm. live. <laughs> and I, I didn't really wanna write about that as it was happening. Um, although I think you can kinda see, I don't know, like when I look at it, I think like, oh wow, she's like not having as much fun anymore. Like, now
2: you're not having as much fun as you used to be having? Is that what you're saying?
1: <laughs> oh, no. Now I have more fun.
2: <laughs> now you have more fun.
1: Now I okay. fun. Okay.
2: Well, there is, there is, and, and this is, there is something that you touch on in the book a little bit, where is, there is like the illusion. In th- that, like, uh, uh, what you're doing in this book is like partying all the time, right? Yeah. Because like that's we associate drugs with those things, but like there's actually just like a level of maintenance yeah. that comes with drug use. So like I think to to an outsider, if you were just to like catalog drug use and and uh, sex and things like that, then it seems like good time book having yeah. fun right but like the, the the way that you present it is is actually very very different from that um and it, it like it's a matter of fact yeah, yeah and, it, and i think sheds light on on the the idea that like uh you know there are contexts for these things that make them not so fun
1: yeah yeah for sure um yeah, i think my friend at one point in there says something like doesn't seem like you use drugs for fun yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and i Which,
2: like i that. mean by the way that's the story of every single person i know that seriously uses drugs it's <laughs> not like that, that that's that's like a, a a truth that is like often unsaid that right?
0: nobody talks about yeah
1: yeah yeah totally um same here <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i think that word maintenance he said it, it was a lot of that a lot of just like um I it was just like uncomfortable for me to be who i was uh mm-hmm. And they helped me think in a little different way or kind of like avoid the subject, uh, which is funny because it is a book like about trying to get in touch with the subject or, uh, you know, like I like you said, it it is like a self-improvement experiment. But uh, I think the drugs didn't really help for that.
2: <laughs> yeah, it does. It feels um, I. It, it it feels that way as as a as a reader, right? We're we're reading and, and we're rooting for you and we're worried about you and uh at various points, it's very uh, frustrating for the reader because we just want you to change your behavior in a way that, like, if we know about this stuff, we know is actually quite quite difficult to do. Um, like, there's, I we, we talked about this on, on on the episode a little bit, but when when we uh, like you talk about depression, and I think like uh, the, the way that a lot of people react to depression or would react if if they read this book would be like. Uh, like, just go outside and do stuff. And it's like, well, that's actually incredibly difficult to do. Yeah. Um, it's incredibly difficult to get out of the car and go into Walmart or whatever, uh, and, and actually talk to someone. Um, so I think this is, uh, in, in a lot of ways, the most accurate book that I've ever read about that stuff, because it doesn't have that dramatic arc put on it it's just like a uh, uh presenting it to the world baldly so um there's no question at the end of this i'm just like
0: we're yeah. really good at that megan we like we, we do have a whole like ramp up to a thing that doesn't actually have a payoff so just get used to that i guess
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm on board with that <laughs> I, I mean thank you for for i'm i'm happy it came across as that i think i i can get frustrated too with like i don't know even back then i it seemed to me like there was this like romanticizing of depression or like mm-hmm. kind of like loving sitting in it that honestly doesn't really factor into what it actually feels like like if you're really depressed like you're probably not like saying like oh, i'm so depressed <laughs> mm-hmm. right. yeah. <laughs> like yeah i, I think know. that's
2: actually that, like that seems to be uh, almost thematic in the book too and that like there's this thing that you loop back on where it's like you're conscious of uh, people who, or, or people who view people who wear depression as a kind of, uh, uh prestige. Yeah. And so like over and over again, you return to this, like, listen, I'm not doing this because like, I, I want you to feel this isn't a things. cry for like, attention. I, I, a cry I'm, for help, I'm yeah. just like, I'm just depicting things the way that they are. And I think that level of, uh, awareness is, um, maybe of its era in a really, in a really specific way, because we weren't talking about things like, uh i i think that another thing that comes up in this book is this idea of flaking on plans a lot mm-hmm. and like now i think that the way mental health is uh uh proselytized on the internet like it's much like more okay to flake on plans <laughs> for mental health reasons than it was in 2013 or whatever
1: yeah yeah what do you think about that
2: you know I, I, however okay it is now i still like it when i want to flake on people I, I still like feel uh like uh Dark black pit in my gut of of uh, shame because I don't want to disappoint them or I don't want to feel like they like there's something wrong with them or something like that or that I don't want to hang out with them or that I'm not up for it. Like I, I always want to seem like a guy that's up for things, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I I have the same kind of thing still. I mean, <laughs> I still flake on things. Try I try not to, um, but yeah, the the pit of having flaked. Uh, There seems to be a lot of pressure, too. I mean, back then and even now, too, to like always be doing something. And I wonder if that pressure, I think it's probably like self-imposed to an extent, but it it also seems to maybe come from how involved we all are in social media. And you always see like that FOMO thing or whatever. Like, I Mm -hmm. hate that. I hate that. (laughs) Like, like that this is something that it just seems to inhibit just like natural social functioning and the flow of life and uh, like to always like think oh i need to be doing more i have to be doing xyz i have to make everybody happy all at once or else i'm a failure you know like that's not good no
0: <laughs> I-, I wonder like you know cuz this is a point in your life Obviously, because there's a whole book about it where you're, like, extremely online and, like, everything you're doing is online. Like, you reference, like, your Flickr and your Vimeo and whatever. And, like, you're just, like, hey, basically, if you want, like, a multimedia presentation of this, like, go here and do this thing or whatever. But now, I think as we – I don't remember if we were recording or not, but, like, either at the very start of this episode or right before, like, your Twitter is private and you're, you're a much different online presence now than you were then. Is that something that, like, you gradually – evolved into or was there a point where you're just like i can't do like i I don't want to do this anymore i want to shut myself off like what was the process going or like what happened between everything i do from like going to the bathroom and having sex and whatever is like the world if you want to know here's what i'm doing here's my address here's whatever to i want to just be myself and my friends and whatever like what was that process or what was that journey like
1: sure oh man I think I used the internet, like social media stuff, pretty, pretty consistently and heavily into about 2015. Um, I mean, after I stopped live blogging, like about 12 days later, I, uh, I had, I guess, what you can call a nervous breakdown or so. I, I like, I ended up uh, trying to kill myself and getting into a psychiatric hospital for. A couple weeks and uh when i came back from there i was totally (laughs) like i didn't like process anything i didn't think about anything i was just like still in that mode that i was in the book like of like i need to like blot out myself and i ended up using more and more drugs and like developing some real serious problems uh and uh, eventually culminating in me moving back with my parents uh, and ending a relationship pretty destructively in 2014. Um, and that relationship was like my only outlet to the social, uh, world. Like he was my only person. <laughs> and, uh, so that was huge. That was huge. Uh, I like kept tweeting a little bit after that, but I started to get really wary of the whole climate of the internet. I think that's when, uh, just the way that like one people were seeming to behave on it and, i felt just like super alienated anyway then i guess that's a, a small word for what it was but i yeah over time coming out of that uh i just kind of used it less and less naturally and the decision to make everything private now happened as i was uh, i'm starting i have started a new career where it's important that things are confidential like i i Use a different name, and I, I just don't want anybody to be able to see <laughs> what I've done. I guess uh, I, I don't know. I, yeah, that's that's a long answer. <laughs> Sorry.
0: No, but I think it's a good answer. So one thing that we sort of talked about in our episode, which I, I think I know the answer to now, but would you ever consider a return to live blogging?
2: Oh, I want to. Yeah, let, let, let me, Bob has an idea. Yeah, for let, like let me let me frame this in a way that he's going to
0: he's going to pitch this on a lifelong career long quest. So, <laughs> so just get ready, buckle in, strap in. If if
2: I if I had been writing uh, uh, like. Contributing to your to your user generated polls. Here is the suggestion that I would have make that I, that I don't actually think that you should do because I think that uh, it sounds like you're in a better place now and maybe this would be bad for your for your health or whatever. Um, have you seen the Up series? The Up series of documentaries.
1: Uh, no, I haven't.
2: Okay, so uh, uh, I forget his name. He
0: is uh, a director. I would Google it, but Bob um, doesn't let me Google in episodes. I've been banned from Google.
2: Yeah. Um. So. Uh, starting in 1950 something, uh, they, they started recording a documentary about these kids that were seven years old. And every seven years, they record another documentary about the kids who
0: are seven years
1: old. Oh, yeah.
2: So, uh, so it's like 7, 14, 21. Yeah, like 14 et cetera, up, et 21
0: up, 28 up. All um, the way. I think like the 65 or 72 was out now or something. Yeah. Like so, that.
2: so now they're like all old people. And it's really fascinating because you have this, this like portrait of their lives in, uh in, in like. Every, bite-sized chunks. Bite-sized chunks, but but like it's interesting because some of the people in the documentary are like, this documentary has totally ruined my life. Some people just decide to not do the documentary anymore. Some people clearly love it. So I was thinking of of live blog in terms of like an every ten year experience and this idea of like what Megan Boyle looks like at 37, 47, 57, especially because something like this, I we. It seems very much like something that a young woman would do and not necessarily something that a 57 year old woman would do because like I'm imagining what the live blog of a 57 year old woman is like and uh, like obviously it would still have your voice and still have uh, your like penchant for specific kinds of metaphors and absurdist humor and things like that but it would be like you like I don't know
0: more cats probably stereotypically yeah puttering <laughs> around
2: the house uh i don't know uh it, what, what do you think of that idea where where do, do, do we go further with this or are you are you done live blogging can we
0: bring this a shark tank
1: oh man i love shark tank <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, thanks actually yeah I, I i i've heard of that the up thing i've i've wanted to get into that um, it's great
2: you should definitely watch it
1: yeah yeah i will um I actually did start. I, I started again in 2020. Um, I, I live blogged again from 2020 March to I think like May or June. Oh, oh so this, wow. is, this
0: is a COVID live blog.
1: Yeah. 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 It was right at the beginning of that. Oh,
0: <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> um, and I, I love- I'm not saying,
0: Oh Jesus to you. I'm just saying, Oh Jesus to like what we were all thinking in those months. Yes.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that was, that was fun to do, actually. Um, And I've thought about it. I've thought about doing just what you said, actually. Um, Maybe I should try for like, I like the 10-year interval. I might just do it privately first.
0: (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Is the the one that you did in 2020, was that public or was that just for you?
1: It was public. It was uh, on my Tumblr and I made it private. When did I? I don't know. Probably around the time I made everything private in like, Twenty twenty one ish, yeah.
2: Is that another seven hundred page uh, uh, thing, or, or is it like
1: <laughs> no? Did you learn
2: your lesson or whatever?
1: I think it's less. I you I know. noticed I was working too at the time, so I, like I would like live blog at work some. I was in customer service, uh, like so I worked the phones, but then I, I would get like kind of tired. It would be harder to do it, uh, and it just kind of naturally fizzled out. I think I it, I have no idea how many words it is. Uh, definitely shorter
0: well I think that's like that's what's both interesting and not that it wouldn't be interesting but like a lot of what is sort of com- one of the many things that's compelling about live blog is like the sort of flying by the seat of your pants like every day could be like whatever and if you just have like a normal nine to five or whatever it's like well you're there and like there's there's something more interesting about the structure but less interesting about the like oh well I know where she's going to be tomorrow unless whatever
1: sure sure so yeah, I like that. I like the
2: poetry of that of, of like the day to day. Like, I love stuff just sitting at home with the cats and describing describing the different funny stuff about that. Like, I like that more than the like stuff that I would say is hyper dramatic or whatever. There's something about capturing that stuff in a in a unique voice that uh, really moves me.
1: Oh, thanks. I, I'm me too. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> I like stuff that's more about just what like life is like. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I mean, life has dramatic moments, too, sir. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm going to start saying something that's probably going to wind up without a question, but just be a compliment. So just know that going in. (laughs) But like one thing that we've talked about this because this whole season, like our third season of the show is all about like Internet centric things. And we're toward the end now. Mm -hmm. This is sort of our our big book that we are building toward in, in terms of size and scope and whatever. But like one thing that we've talked about, like, have you read Darcy Wilder's book, Literally Show Me a Healthy Person?
1: No, I haven't actually. Um, I, yeah, I like Darcy a lot. Um, we were friends for a while and we were both in New York. <laughs> um, so I maybe I read it like on her Twitter, but I didn't read like the book. book.
0: Because the book is basically, it's sort of presented in the style of like a series of tweets. Like it's yeah. not really, but like it's kind of like that's what it is. And we talked about on that episode and when we talked with Darcy about how that kind of thing like seems easy to do, but is like remarkably difficult. And I think like we were talking about with this one, like I think the actual structure, like the the physical machinations of like doing a live blog is easy. Like I could do that, but I think the difficult thing is to make it compelling. And I think what you were able to do here is like, even on days where like nothing, like you didn't leave your bed or whatever, like there's something just inherently fascinating about like your ability to capture the nothingness. So again, there's the compliment, but I think it's like the, I think it's the if you if you live blogged like a normal nine to five and like you never went anywhere else, like it would still be worth reading. I think because you just have a way to like you are able to capture the banality of everyday life in a way that like I want to keep reading. So again, no question. I apologize again, but you know, just wanted to give a compliment.
1: Well, thank you. That's uh, that means a lot to me. I (laughs) it's yeah. um, I mean, I I used to really love doing that like I've always kept journals and written a ton like since I was since I knew how to write (laughs) and it's just really it's nice to hear I haven't really done it like much like I kind of don't write as much now Um, but it's fun too for me to like go back to those parts and be like wow that's what I was doing then that's kind (laughs) of (laughs) cool Well,
0: that, that was also like the fascinating thing about reading is that like you writing about reading live blog. I'm like, I don't know if I would want to, but I guess that's the point of a diary. It's like to refer or like a journal or whatever, whether it's public or private, it's to go back and like remember what you did. But there's like the reflexive you commenting on reading the thing about what we what <laughs> we just read that you wrote. Like there's this weird like Ouroboros there or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, which can be a little bit. I don't know. Like I. I Like, do you guys cringe at that stuff?
0: No, that was the most interesting thing. Not the most (laughs) interesting, but I, I really liked the whole like meta. Like you, there was a, hold on. Let me see if I have the quote written down. But there was a thing. And I I don't know if this is, I don't know if you're going to, you might cringe at me like reading something you wrote, (laughs) but you wrote bought mint green nail polish and a grapefruit candle because I wanted to see the sentence quote, bought mint green nail polish and a grapefruit candle. (laughs) Like you knowing that you're doing a thing because you're going to write about the thing and then you writing about the thing and writing about thinking about doing the thing because you're going to write. Like, it's just like, there's like the layer. I loved it. So no, I don't cringe at that. I didn't,
2: I didn't really cringe at it. I don't think there's anything that I, I cringed at. There were some things where I was like. Where I was, where I said like, damn, like I don't (laughs) want to, I, I, like you know, where you worry about people because they're human beings. There's stuff that in in there like that. But there was nothing where I was like, oh, that's embarrassing or anything. Oh man, of that nature. Um, I'm sorry. Say it again.
1: I said (laughs) woohoo.
2: Um, I do oh okay, so here's a tough question i'll give you I'll give you the tough question that maybe uh, will be uncomfortable or something like that. oh, it's actually I, um, I, I don't
0: know where he's ramping up this. this might actually be a tough question. I don't know
2: <laughs> there is there is stuff in here that like, um, you know, we when we do it in private or or something like that, it feels it uh, like, it's different because we have a particular context for it but then in in like when you put it out in the world and it's it's there to like a wide audience um it becomes something that is a little harder for that wide audience to take like for example you use the word and are critical of your own use of the word retard or there there is like um uh you know things things of that nature so is that like uh how do you feel about that stuff now or is or is it like you know is, is it contextualized in a way that like you're comfortable with or is it something that's just like that's who I was et etc etc
1: um I mean yeah I, that that is something uh, it, I, it was definitely like a product of its times in that way mm-hmm. um, and you know I I don't <laughs> that is an uncomfortable question i I certainly wouldn't like say something like that now or uh, I suppose in general um, you know that that kind of wave of uh, being more mindful of l- like the lived experiences of others uh, you know it, it's embarrassing of course to say like oh I didn't really think about that then uh, but maybe I mean I feel okay with it being out there just because that's kind of what it was like then I mean like you know, you know i mean i i'm still not somebody who censors myself mhm um, and I think that that is not good for art. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, no, I
2: mean, I think, I think like the, the reason I, I, I think a reason why I wanted to ask that question is because you, you obviously edited this book later on mm-hmm. and you decided to include that stuff, which I can imagine being uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: so, so like I, I commend the choice to, to like include an authentic representation of whatever is, is going on. And obviously, it is something that at the, I mean, you, you know. Noted in the book you're like maybe I shouldn't say that and so like th- those wheels are are turning but like yeah. I'm interested in the editing choice to be like okay I'm going to authentically represent that so I think I I mean I think you're kind of answering it in that you you're saying that you don't think that it's a, a good idea for art to be uh in in a place where it's censored like that
1: yeah yeah I remember too uh like talking with Gian about that part specifically and he was just like no man like no it's just leave it in there it's fine <laughs> um not exactly like that he was who edited it with me um mm-hmm. but we talked about it and uh like he was saying kind of what you're saying in support of the authenticity of the document and uh yeah I I feel fine and not fine about it <laughs> well I think that's
2: a that's a great answer I think
0: I wonder like it's, it's a similar kind of thing like we were talking about well actually it's a it I have two questions here. The, the more interesting one, I think, I don't know, who knows. Let me just ask a question instead of just backtracking my way into this. Uh, one thing I've been very fascinated about this season in an era of basically books being written and published in a time period where there's more than one way to consume the thing. Like, you know, if you put out a book in the 50s, like it was just a book, like it couldn't be like an audiobook, it couldn't be an ebook, it couldn't be whatever. You had this this originated as a tumblr it became a printed book do you have preferences on how people consume it like do you think there is a, a purer or a more normal way whether because i thought like part of me was like i want to read this on the computer like i was reading like a tumblr and then i'm like well i just also have the kindle here i have the I have the paperback here like do you have a preferred way for people to consume this or does it not really matter to you
1: oh no uh not really. I mean, it, it is a book, so it's it's cool to read it as a book. I edited it into a book, so the book is cool to read if you want to hold a book. But uh, I do. I love, <laughs> yeah. of, I love holding the book. Oh, cool, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it's whatever anybody's comfortable with doing. Okay cuz the the other thing that I was like when
0: when I brought that up on the on the episode Bob had mentioned that when this was published you did I think what do you say like a 37 hour live stream of you reading it yeah. so I was like there's no way this could be an audiobook he's like well actually so <laughs> I wanted what whose idea was that did you regret it while you were doing it like what was that experience like because there and, and did you have any of the same kind of reflexive, like, oh, I wish this wasn't included or by that point where you just like, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of this, I'm happy of it. Not that you shouldn't be, but like, this is what it is and I'm going to just read this as is.
1: Yeah, I it started, the idea for it, um, Gian and I were talking about like how to do the opening reading. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to call it ceremony. You know, like you have a reading and the book <laughs> comes out. <laughs> um, and he was like, it seems like you should either just like read one sentence or read the whole thing. And I was like, I want to read the whole thing. <laughs>
0: <Wow>. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's so, that's so crazy, but I love it.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, I just, I don't know. I, and then I got really excited by that idea and I, uh, you know, like the Andy Kaufman thing, I, yeah. I love him. And it's been done a couple times by uh, other folks too. So I just wanted to see if I could do it just totally me, reading the whole thing, and uh, I didn't, I mean, like, the audience itself to that was, like, pretty small, like, some people would, like, come into the apartment where I ended up doing the large portion of it, and it was mostly, like, people I knew, there were some people who I, I didn't know, which was fun and interesting, and on little breaks, I'd, like, talk with them, and uh, I, like, yeah. Like, why are you in my house? <laughs> Well, it it wasn't my house. It was my friend's. Uh, okay. Yeah. And uh, I, I did... Mostly, I was just trying to get through it. Like, I was reading it... When I started reading it, after about, like, the 10 minutes that I was reading it with the mic at the reading, I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. I cannot <laughs> do this. I'd practiced it some, like, in spurts. But I just remember, like, mostly at that place, like, at that venue, just, like, sitting... And being like i just have to do this i just have to do it so i wasn't like thinking too much about like what i was reading or sometimes it would inevitably like something would happen i got emotional a couple times uh i think towards the end i started like the last couple pages i have i have this like angry rant and i felt really sad reading that i felt sad actually i think a lot (laughs) reading it um but like that was under underneath mostly just like concentrating on trying to get through it like
2: it feels like a real like david blaine move you know <laughs> like i i feel like if i did it like have you ever like um a couple times in my life i've like binge watched something so hard that like when i go to sleep it's just like infiltrated my my like or i've 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 sat on a couch and read for like 18 hours and then gone to bed and then like I can't stop thinking about it while I'm asleep like I feel like a 37 hour read of something like turns into a David Lynch fever dream at some point and it like you enter an unreality um, uh, so I don't know that it's it's it, I I commend uh, uh, the, the athletic ability of, <laughs> of, of
0: completing that kind of task.
1: Yeah, thanks, thanks. I thought you said David Blaine at first. And I was like, oh, I oh, did. Yeah.
0: I no, I did say David <laughs> yeah. Blaine. Yeah, Megan Boyle is going to be in a glass case above Times Square reading her book for 37 hours. Well, Come if, see her. If,
2: if you watch, like, I, it's not unlike Above the B- Have you ever seen the documentary Above the Below about him? Like, Harmony Korine directed a documentary about David Blaine doing his, like, suspended hunger thing.
1: No, I haven't seen that. I want to. It's,
2: it's pretty crazy because, like, like, they interview him and he's just like, he hasn't eaten for you know 10 days 15 days or something like that and he's just like saying things that don't make sense because obviously you're in like a hallucinatory state that's near death yeah. um so it's like yeah da- yeah david blaine is fascinating. well he
0: wasn't live blogging while doing that
2: i i would love i yeah i would he love, should have been i, I would love if, yeah if david blaine were any kind of
0: magician he would have been live blogging that whole time i would not i you could not pay me to read david blaine's live I, blog
2: i
1: love that guy
0: do you yeah you don't love david blaine hmm Megan, what's your what's your
2: how do you feel about David Blaine?
1: I love David Blaine. I would love to read his live blog of that. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, that guy rules. Maybe I, maybe I would. He like pulls out his heart for people. He's awesome. Not
1: I think gonna, magicians yeah. are
0: cool. I do. I like. I do like magic. I grew up watching magic. And you like, like magic, but you don't like David
2: Blaine. I don't know, man. I think it, I st- you just like corny ass magic with card tricks and things like that. David Copperfield disappearing in the Statue of Liberty.
0: I met David. He came. Uh, I met him in Vegas when he came up to our table at CES. Like, I have a picture of him creepily from my phone, where he's just like, "Where's? The, how do you get out there?" I'm like, mm, <laughs> "This is like the most famous man I've ever been near." <laughs> All okay. right, let's get back. No, to I, I do want to say that there's something ironic about the greatest magician of all time not knowing how to get outside and downstairs to the corner where the bus is. Like, yeah, come on, man. You're a magician. Just disappear yourself or something. <laughs> there was a question I had about something we were just talking well, I, about. Well, I have, I have a Go question for that
2: is... Uh, so when you talked about um, editing, uh, you, you talked about editing for things like readability, um, and there is uh, a section of the book where you talk about... Uh, where you transcribe yourself um, talking and you include all the the dashes and the stutters and the mm-hmm. sort of recursive uh, way that thought works. Mm-hmm. And which I would say is uh, um, I don't mean this in a pejorative way, but I, I would say it is quote unquote, not readable in mm-hmm. that it's like the, uh, the way that we've been traditionally, like uh, the way that our minds traditionally work with reading narrative, like shies from that, like almost all dialogue that we read is, stylized and almost all uh even monologue and things like that is all stylized it doesn't include the way that people actually talk so um you don't elaborate all that much on that so i I wanted to know what your interest is in that and is that the kind of thing you're talking about when you say editing for readability are you just talking about cutting down on repetition and things of that nature
1: uh for the readability part i just i just mean like cutting down on repetition and um, all right but but that that thing <laughs> that that whole part um i'm with you like it it does seem hard to follow i think the thing that would be good to factor in for that too is just like how i talked at the time like i just wasn't very uh articulate not to say like i'm super articulate now but like i can like speak in sentences i was just really futzing out uh <laughs> <laughs> and i think i'd been up for probably long time when Mm -hmm. I was type or when I originally said that uh the monologue thing um I think at the time too I I was starting to think like and some of this I edited out like I was trying to think about some way like I, I was really trying to like make myself the book or the project like how do I get every single part of me into this thing and like it was a very naive kind of uh intention like thinking that i could do that like and so including something of what i spoke like what i sounded like when i spoke i think that's part of why i wanted to do that
0: well i think we we mentioned this a little bit on the episode but like you can i I was saying you can kind of read into that so much differently like i I didn't see the video i don't know if the video is still available i don't even like you know maybe it's by design it's not there but you can like you can you can you can read and feel the emotion I think differently in that based on the way that you go from one thing to another. Like I think maybe in in the, the the live blog of it you might just like stop an entry or something, but there you're you're capturing it live in the moment. Like you can it just it hits differently because of the way that you were like it's just a different way of communicating. So I think I think it's really like that that was like the most heartbreaking part of the thing to me. Like some of the mm-hmm. stuff in that transcription really hit me hard.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is sad. Um, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the video is different. I think you see more like, oh, yeah, yeah, it was a sad little gal. Didn't really get it.
0: <laughs> I, I do want to say on a happier note that you had me sold on literally the very first page of this book or blog or do you call it? I guess it's a book. It's a book. You add it into a book. I just feel like, you know, blog in the title, but the very first page of the book when you go into, I think your mom's bedroom with like your laptop and you're watching a Don Hertzfeld video. I'm like, hell yeah. Like the first page, like I'm on board from the jump. Like she's got great taste. I love it.
1: Oh man. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy. He made it into the first page. I love him too.
0: Have you, I'm sure you've seen like the world of tomorrows.
1: Um, Oh no, actually.
0: Oh, it's like, I think they're may, they may be a on Netflix now, or maybe on even on YouTube, but he did like a three part like end of the world where I think he interviewed his niece. Oh. and like she just tells him a story and then he animated it and like it's set like in a sci-fi dystopia where there's like clones and stuff like it's unbelievably good like there's like the three in total are probably about an hour long maybe an hour 10 oh. it's unbelievable like if you love him check those out because they're they're absolutely incredible
1: oh man is this new
0: i think he i think they're they're three over the last like seven or eight years i think, I think part three came out in the pandemic sometime um, bob have you seen those or no yeah him. yeah good okay. stuff they're wonderful. Good stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I saw one where he's the, I think it's on like criterion where uh, it's like a character who is maybe experiencing like dementia early phase. It's called like everything's okay or something like that. It's really sad and really good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I. What's the name of that? Cause it's, it's, he did it such a beautiful day and they put out a two thing. It was that and something. Uh, I think, yeah.
1: uh, I don't. I'm terrible with titles.
0: As- I'm gonna break the Google rule. I'm gonna look oh, it up. man!
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> break that Google rule. Um, in the meantime, while Joey's googling that, um, I'm cu- there. There's a handful of things that I'm curious about. Just because your life is so radically different from mm-hmm. mine, um, your parents are awake at three in the morning watching movies with you. What's that about? How like? <laughs> I, I'm interested in, the, in in the in in your relationship with your with your parents and their comfort with. Uh, I mean, I'll say first of all, it seems like you have a really great relationship with your parents, and they seem incredibly, incredibly uh, loving to you. And um, who watches Homeland at three o'clock in
0: the morning? Yeah, (laughs)
2: that's that's my question. Like, how I I understand that you're awake at three o'clock in the morning watching (laughs) Homeland, but like,
0: uh, uh, how is how is your mom up at three in the morning? I think my only questions about this entire thing is like, what are your parents doing in the middle of the night?
1: I think that's a valid question. It is. Kind of weird. <laughs> um, my mom. My mom is a night owl for sure. Uh, she wasn't always that way. She's she's retired. She has been since. I mean, she raised me. Um, but she had to be like up in the morning and stuff, like getting me to school, all that stuff. Um, and I think like from then, even still, like now, she stays up really late and she sleeps really late. And that's just that's just the Pammy style. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's older. They're both older too. They were born in like forty two and forty four.
2: That's yeah. That's uh, that was my parents' age. Oh really? Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, How old are you right now? You're the it's well happy almost birthday by yeah. the way. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That it'll be the big three seven.
0: Three seven. Okay. So you're two years younger than me, oh, and you're hey. two years older than me.
1: Hey. Okay. Halfway in between. Yeah.
0: Cool. <laughs> also, like when you I was just talking about with another friend who's like, I'm born in December and she's born in December. We were talking about how like how weird it is. And you you mentioned this explicitly at the end about like when you're figuring out how old you were in a year, like you're always the younger part of that for most of the year and like oh, yeah. it's a different way of thinking about things.
1: Yeah, right. It's weird. Like you got that I'm too. Like...
0: I'm like not good enough at math to figure out what you just said well no because like I'm born December 15th right uh-huh. so like when like I will turn 35 this year but I will only be 35 for two weeks so this is like my year 34 but like yeah. I was born 35 years ago so you would think that I'm 35 this it's just a weird it's an end of the year thing don't worry I need, about it Bob. I need, you wouldn't I need, get it. I need a visual aspect to this to make sense I'm not gonna do that uh, the Don Hertzfeld thing is called everything will be okay
1: everything will be okay. okay and then
0: I think he also did I'm so proud of you and then he did it's such a beautiful day I think there are like three he kind of did to Together, but they're all everything he's done is wonderful
1: yeah similar titles
0: yeah. yeah
2: um i have a question from my friend uh also named megan who is your uh takayo do you know what takayo means it's a spanish word for uh two people who have the same first name that's my favorite bit of uh oh, little trivia that's a great word yeah i don't know anything about speaking spanish but i know takayo means two people who
0: share the same first name um even though her name is not actually megan right um so so you fr- did you even read the book so <laughs> Uh, by the way, that was one of my favorite things. I'm so sorry. I love the whole, the driver's license thing. Sorry, Bob, go ahead go ahead, go ahead. go ahead.
2: Um, Meg, who read, she, she read the book, uh, and she loved it. Um, she, uh, wanted to know about ASMR. She wanted to know what ASMR, uh, you are, uh, uh into uh, listening to specifically because she thinks that she recognized a video or something i don't remember exactly what she said but she wanted to know what specific like if there are specific youtube channels or anything like that that, oh. you're, that you're actually listening to
1: oh my goodness i <laughs> yeah that uh i don't get it as much as i used to um but if i don't watch it for a while it'll come back i'm trying to think i watched gentle whispering like she's like the main like like she really brought it into like the foreground her Mm -hmm. channel she's like the, uh yeah i can't think of a comparison but um i really like these days watching this lady oh my goodness i'm not going to be able to remember the name of her channel uh but it's like southern something asmr and she just goes into like the dollar store or target and like rearranges items on the shelves and kind of like talks about like Oh, that's a nice little container. I got a <laughs> so. Oh, puts me right to sleep. I love it. I mean,
0: you you describing that is like like giving me ASMR. Oh. Like the second hand is just.
1: <laughs>
2: I don't I I don't understand ASMR. I don't know what it is. You've never felt that? For it? for a long
0: time I assumed it was the realm of perverts. <laughs> no- You're not wrong. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's a little perverted.
0: <laughs> I think I got like the, I think the first time I ever like felt anything like that was like when I was young and I would like let a, a friend like play with a toy like they'd be like oh like let me check that out I'm like whatever like them like exp- like this is gonna sound gross and I don't need to be gross because it was totally not gross. But then like exploring one of my toys and like seeing what it was like, like watching them yeah. I'm leaving this in, I'm not editing it out. Oh,
2: yeah. or, like
0: watching them yeah. handle one of my toys, oh, like my God. I was just like, I don't know what but like my, my 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 scalp feels weird and like it was like years before that was a thing and like This
1: is disgusting. Oh, <laughs> I guess I give me a little bit somewhere. I feel you
0: <laughs> I was just like, I don't know what this is, but I don't want you to ever stop doing this. <laughs>
1: okay yeah
0: all right so there is like it
2: it's it's like uh, uh so i'm i'm not wrong about it being like there is like a uh i, I don't want to say you know i'm not
0: whatever like i think for, it's much more accepted about, like, now but there is there's a sort of like it's a kind of a, a kink but like it's like a healthy okay, non-sexual I'm not, yeah, kink I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, not,
2: I'm not i'm not doing any sort of kink shaming for real that was i was joking but like there is like a sensual like almost uh uh like it moves into that realm there is a way that it moves into that realm
0: right? yeah you're not toilet baby over here or whatever that is at the end of this book <laughs>
1: oh god I'm toilet baby? Toilet.
0: remember the, the video that she describes of the toilet seat around the head oh, yeah. yeah yeah that
1: was that I can't believe that exists still. I can.
0: <laughs> One, they, I, I don't know, I, I don't think you ever got involved because I think you would have written about it, but I had friends, I think, involved in the Point Break live scene, like that whole, like, space. Oh. So it was very cool that you were, like, auditioning or, like, involved or whatever. Like, did anything ever come of that? Did you see that performed?
1: No, I actually didn't. Um, I mean, I, I became friends with uh, Zachary, uh, the fella, and uh, Jamie... It was the director and I think like the mind behind that production. Uh, But I didn't get to see it. No, I don't know. Are they still doing it?
0: I don't know. Bob, do you know about this or no? I've never. The book is the first I've ever heard of it. So Megan, like, let me know if, if this is wrong, but it was basically they would like put on a live stage show of Point Break, but they would have someone from the audience play the Keanu role. So it was supposed to recreate the sort of wooden delivery of all of his lines. So they would have, like, all, you know, improv stage theater actors, whatever, doing, like, the Swayze role and the Busey role and whatever. And then they would just have, like, basically a novice come up and be the Johnny Utah role, which just – like, I never saw but it just sounded like my favorite thing in the world. Oh, well, I want to see
2: them do the parachuting scene and then all the surfing scene Well, it was on I the want, stage. Let's, I, yeah, let's keep no, it, you that's know. What I, I, that's what I want to see. I want to see, like, the, the uh, uh, postmodern uh, sort of um, – uh, the fakeness of that sort of thing put in a theater space. I'm making it more artsy. It's probably just a good time thing. Yeah. I'm, ma- I'm making it into like. It's a bunch of Brooklyn hipsters breakfast. talking about a the movie they love. Like that's yeah. what it is. Yeah. And you're and trying, trying to make it a. Trying to make it. Trying to a give video. a production value.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh. All right. Well, um, there is. Uh, uh, here's here's a. You're the first person that actually has a Wikipedia page that we're talking to about this. Oh, so no. here is.
0: This is a new question. So this is, yeah. this is a new
2: question. Um, since we uh, can function as an official source which means that we can be cited for uh, Wikipedia. I was wondering if there's anything that you want to lie about that we can <laughs> insert into your Wikipedia page, just as a uh, just as a lark to to confuse people about you, uh, to to lead them down the wrong path. Um, mm. <laughs> you know, if you want to say you were involved in a shark attack or something like that. Anything that comes to your mind.
1: Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that that um, could I. I'll think about it. I'll think
0: about you it. You can email me. We can always edit after the fact. Oh, no, no. It has to be on the episode because we yeah, can't. Yeah, it has to be, yeah. So you can think about that. I have another question for you to think about while you think about that. But <laughs> everyone we talk to, like this whole, like our, our podcast is structured into modules or seasons like we did on grief and loss and dying and then campus modules and this is all about the internet. And so the books are sort of like, they're all kind of over the map, but they're all sort of centered around a, a central theme and this is, you know, being online. So... We like to ask the authors that we speak with if you were recommending or creating your own mini, like the Megan Boyle module, the Megan module, uh, what books would you recommend if people liked Live Blog or they like elements of it or if they want to read more that are like it? What kind of around this space would you recommend people, listeners to the show, check out?
1: Oh, man. Um, I mean, <laughs> I haven't really. Uh, I, I'm not in like a reading phase of life right now, but uh, Chris Krause, probably like everything that oh, he's sure. done. Um, let me see. Well, yeah, that that fella I mentioned, I, I do have to Google how to say his name. Mario, ah, uh, it's called Empty Words. It sounded like something really cool. I'm just not going to be great at this part. That's fine. <laughs> but maybe I could give you like a... Uh, like, a, could I email you?
0: Yeah, this you can absolutely email. Okay. And we'll put it in the description. Because I will say that you are now the second person we've talked to. And you mentioned it explicitly in the text. But uh, we spoke to Beth Morgan, who wrote A Touch of Jen. And she said that one of the things that like influenced her greatly, that she loved reading, was Tom McCarthy's Remainder. And you oh, talk yeah. about that a couple times in here. So I'm yeah. like, okay, if two different people whose books I love talked about this one thing, I got to buy and read this thing. So I bought it on eBay this morning. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. I I didn't put any money into his pocket, but you know, you you generated a sale.
1: Nice, nice. Well, it's all about getting a, getting the word out there. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great book. Um yeah, it's also uh it's like one step further too, I think. Like people do a lot more creative things than just like like try to document everything <laughs> and like I don't know, that that's become a little stale for me, honestly. Uh I will always have a soft spot for it but that book is great like I mean it's this whole world that he creates based on wanting to recreate this memory and uh yeah I I'm going to think of some more things for you guys cuz I I'm like terrible at remembering things like this when they're asked from I should experience. have done
0: like a kind thing and like let you know this in advance. Yeah, oh. We like <laughs> to be we have to play real cruel and just be like, "Hey, name some books." <laughs> You're good with words.
1: <laughs> name a
0: book. Um I have a. We might cut this out depending on how Bob reacts to this. But so Bob and I have had this journey the last couple of times that we've done an episode together, where we've gone to. Uh, there's a, there's really sad Hooters near my house. That's a, connected to a hotel. Oh, for Christ's sake! Bob doesn't want me to ask this question. I don't know what I don't know what the answer we're looking for well, is. Well, first of all, how do you feel about Hooters as a restaurant?
1: Hooters as a restaurant, I think yeah. it's uh, pretty funny that it is this. Yeah.
2: You know, have you ever been? Have you ever been to one?
1: I think so. I think I've been. Okay. I think I've at least ordered like. I think I've experienced the wings before, let's just say that, and they're good.
0: Yeah, like the food is fine to good. It's just kind of expensive. It makes me feel a little bit sick when I eat it. Them yeah. repositioning themselves as like a family restaurant is an interesting thing. I've never gone to one. I've only gone to like three or four ever, including twice now with Bob in the last like two months. Yeah. Um. But it's never not been like a little sad. And I don't know why we keep going back. Like, I don't know what we're really... Well, I'm going,
2: I'm going to say why I think that we keep going back. Okay. Um. Which is that I think that it is funny for someone to be a regular at Hooters and to be recognized (laughs) like when you come in have people be like oh it's those guys that always come into like there's something very depraved and and sad about that but like we're not I I, I'm not doing it for depraved reasons I'm doing it because for like irony reasons which I think is also in the 21st century right now 2022 I think irony maybe is its own kind of depravity but um Uh, I I don't know Joey
0: continue so my question to you is should we continue going to Hooters with no real end goal other than to become a regular but like by a regular like at most we would go once every two weeks usually at a different day and a different time so there's no no regularity Um, should we keep going to Hooters or should we just you know spread the love around and go literally anywhere else where like a, a meal is not $24 for like you know it's okay
1: I think if it brings you joy I think that I think it's a funny idea myself okay um, okay. you should it, like, I mean, it's the cost. It would be the factor for me, but uh, I think it's, it, if you're getting satisfaction out of going and being like, this is a funny thing I did for a I while. I don't know that
2: we are
0: though. I think that's the <laughs> issue.
1: Okay. Okay. We
2: go there and then we're just like, yeah, this is, I don't feel
0: good. Like we can get really good food. pad Thai, like literally around the corner, or we can drive 15 minutes to the sad Hooters in a hotel.
2: Uh, yeah. Hooters that's attached to a hotel in suburban New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs>
1: i i'm i'm all for that i like went to chili's for kind of the same reason like last year sometime and i like i've been thinking about like going to the hard rock cafe because what the heck why (laughs) why is that still there
0: that can be live blog too you going to every hard (laughs) rock and getting a t-shirt from every hard rock (laughs) i remember the iced tea
2: being really good at hard rock cafe oh really that, that's my exclusive opinion about that.
0: This is, we're, we're, we're nearing the end. I just have a thing that you reminded me of the Chili's thing, but we have another friend, Steve, who lives uh, down the shore and he lives in a town where there's four restaurants on corners of the highway that we call the Quadrant because it's Friday's and Olive Garden and <laughs> Red Lobster and I think a Chili's. And so we have this idea that we want to go to all four of those in an afternoon, do one course <gasps> at each oh, and man. we just, it hasn't happened. But like if you were doing, <laughs> okay, so here's, here's the last question I think we'll ask you. If you had those four restaurants, Red Lobster, Olive Garden, Fridays and Chili's. That's what it is, I think, right? Does that sound right? Yeah. yeah. What would you what's the what's the one thing you would get from each to complete your quadrant?
1: Oh man. Oh. <laughs> um okay, well I would not get the awesome blossom from Chili's because it turns out that that is from the out- Outback Steakhouse. I found mm-hmm. that out the hard way.
0: They co-opted that, yeah.
1: Yeah, now they put it in this like little jar and stuff, like they're Ooh. trying to be healthy with it and it's just not many a healthy awesome blossom if you're if you're
0: oh, ordering yeah. a fried onion don't Get you're not going for health come on man I no know,
1: i know um okay it's been a while since i've been to the olive garden but i'd want to keep it classic and do like something from the tour of italy and the unlimited breadsticks and salad cool. for sure okay um red lobster shoot i've only been to one one red lobster i think
0: i don't think i've ever been to red lobster
1: yeah, yeah. It was really good when I went. I went in Kentucky a couple years ago, and I was very surprised. famously
0: by the ocean.
1: Kentucky yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. famous for their seafood, <laughs> yeah. seafood and bourbon. That's what yeah. we know about Kentucky.
1: Yup, yep, yep. They got great shrimp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I'd have to see the menu for that. Cheddar biscuits are a must, and then mm. I, I, yeah, I think
0: that's the that's the go to for that one for sure.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Did you? I think I mentioned in live blog the guy who like died from eating too many of those. You did, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 nuts. Uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> I blame I blame that Red Lobster for giving him so many Cheddar
0: Bay biscuits. I blame society.
1: I, <laughs> I think it's probably both. He he factored into it too though probably. Yeah, we can't take responsibility all the way away from him. All right, so
0: you vaguely have Fridays and chilies left. What are you getting? Because you already have, like, uh, Cheddar Bay Biscuits and then some kind of, like, tour of Italy, maybe soup salad breadsticks. Yeah. So you need basically an entree and a dessert.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, or you oh, can yeah. just
0: go appetizers all the way. If you want to go appetizers down the board, you can. This is, you know, this is a, a fictional scenario.
1: Yeah. Also, if, if
0: you want to hang out and do the Quadrant, I will pay for you to do the
1: Quadrant. <laughs> I would love to do that. That sounds, like, fun. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be on a buffet team, like, in my early 20s we would like go to a buffet and really eat all you can eat
2: um actually so so uh the 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 quadrant that we're talking about is in tom's river right which is uh uh someone that come someone that comes up on this podcast uh fairly fairly relatively uh frequently because he's a he's a friend of mine is bud smith who i think you know right you know bud
1: yeah bud's great
2: okay so bud hometown tom's river so if you come down to do the quadrant we can get bud to come with us (laughs) We'll all go do the quadrant together.
1: Oh man, that sounds like a blast!
0: <laughs> are you in New York now? Or are you in Baltimore? Uh, we can also cut this out if you don't want If you're, if you want to live off the grid.
1: Oh, you can say I'm. I'm public about my my Baltimore residence. <laughs> cool.
0: What do you think of the? Did you watch the new? Oh man, we're going totally off. Now let's here. let's let's stick to the quadrant. Let's stick to the quadrant. <laughs> <laughs> I want Chili's to... and Fridays. What are you doing? How are you finishing this out?
1: Okay, uh, Friday's probably like the Oreo brownie Sunday, i think yeah yeah yeah. that's a classic and chilies i mean they have what they do best i think are their apps so i'd Mm -hmm. I'd probably want to get a sampler um i would i like the fajitas too Mm. um but that you know i think it could be a double entree sounds like this would take some time so you might want to do
0: i think a lot of the time is digesting yeah i think it's like it's all heavy food and just like i don't i want to die a little bit and i don't want to keep eating but we're only at restaurant 204 and we need to finish Uh, maybe maybe
2: in between we go do like a a wiffle ball home run derby or something like that play some frisbee in the park oh
0: also this night ends with us watching the second x-files movie i didn't (laughs) (laughs) didn't tell you that but that's a whole thing so um cool i haven't seen the first one (laughs) they're they're totally unrelated i mean the second one whatever that's neither here nor there um (laughs) Cool, Bobby. You have any other questions?
2: Uh, I think I'm um I'm all out of questions.
0: Um, oh, I have one more question. Yeah,
2: uh, he's going to ask you to say uh, the words. Keep reading. I no, think. I'm not going to because okay. people
0: have rebuked me yeah, very hard good. for that. Uh You talk about uh, watching like, the NBA and the NBA Finals. I think it was maybe the year the Heat won. Do you have any predictions? Any hot takes for this upcoming NBA season?
1: Oh man. Uh, well, <laughs> I actually just started watching it again. I, I had a a long, uh, time where I wasn't watching, and my my husband actually is from, <coughs> excuse me, Atlanta. He loves the Hawks, and I've I've okay, I've really grown a favor for them and Trey Young in particular. So I would love to see them, uh, in the playoffs, and I think that they have it in them too, you know, with the right coaching. And uh, I'm not really the best at sports prediction myself. I'm I'm a novice. The realm. No, I'm gonna
0: whatever you say I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Vegas I'm gonna not I, I don't have to go to Vegas anymore because there's you know gambling is legal in New Jersey but I'm gonna put a thousand dollars down on whoever you, no I'm not going to do that but I'm treating these as stone cold locks these are Megan Boyle's stone cold locks the 2022 NBA season
1: <laughs> yes and and you can sue me if if this isn't correct so <laughs> go Hawks
0: <laughs> go Hawks cool well thank you so much for joining us this was a blast
1: yeah this was really fun you guys thank you for asking me
0: thank you for joining us and you know if you no pressure if you don't have any books to recommend but if you do we'll throw them in the description for this and we'll you know share those with our readers listeners not readers
2: or or as we said you know feel free to to flake on it because that's also <laughs> healthy and good to
0: do there was there was a moment where i woke up this morning thinking one of one or both of you were going to flake just because like i will also say that I read six hundred of these pages this week because I totally oh mismanaged my time. Me. So you writing about like baby's day out and the thing. I'm like, this is baby's week out. Like I need oh. to read a hundred pages of this every oh, single no. day, otherwise oh, I'm no. not going to. So my life this week has been your life for six months. So i really enjoyed it but every morning i'm just like all right i'm gonna go deep into megan boyle's psyche today <laughs> oh with 100 pages
1: oh wow thank you for doing that i i'm sorry to, to put that upon you
0: <laughs> no 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 that was 100 percent my fault we've had so much time to read this and i just totally dropped the ball on my end but oh, i love um, i love the book and i love talking to you so thank you again so much
1: yeah thank you thank you for reading too and for yeah yeah of course all of it it's
0: just one of
2: those